0: My pillow table is falling apart. (laughs) Not surprisingly, (laughs) who would have thought that a pillow table is not stable? Shocking. Let me readjust and then hopefully I'll be ready. I have to keep my hand on it so it doesn't fall over and I'm hoping that my hand sounds on it aren't gonna be too noisy, anyway.
1: Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello! 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 Ooh, you're on a death computer today. I am on a death computer today. (laughs) Don't die. I will try not to die. I've apparently been on a death computer at least since before I moved because this has been a while but I was like oh whatever it's old it's just happening so my trackpad on my laptop has been popping out and I googled that today out of curiosity because it seems to be getting worse and apparently it means my battery is swelling in my laptop so that's cool yay yay but I just ordered a new battery off the interwebs Oh, good. I might be able to take the battery out and just run it off of AC power as well, which I'm going to try after we do this and after I back it up. At least this one, according to the internet, again, randos on the internet, not anything (laughs) like official. The randos on the internet are always the ones that are
0: the most trustworthy with the advice.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Either way, I'm going to borrow a laptop from work on Monday.
0: So I might also die during this recording, but for completely different reasons, because my sister and I are on vacation. That's not why I might die, (laughs) but it's related (laughs) to that, because I'm not in my normal box, my normal giggle box I'm recording here at an Airbnb, which it's a lovely Airbnb. I don't know if it has air conditioning, but we don't have the air conditioning on because it's just been nice with the windows open. But because the birds here are so very happy, I had to close all the windows and I had to turn my fan off because it was loud and the air conditioner's off. And then for sound issues, I'm of course covered in a blanket,
1: <laughs> and it is very rapidly heating up for me. <laughs> oh no! You could take your blanket off and see how it sounds. Yeah, we'll
0: we'll see how it goes. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the blanket in place as long as, as long as I can humanly tolerate, and okay. then. Uh, I suspect that won't be very long. (laughs) So if my sound quality suddenly isn't as good, then that's why. Okay. I hope you have a refreshing beverage on hand. So I do. uh, It's nothing alcoholic. It is just a a Nixie sparkling water strawberry hibiscus. That sounds good. Yeah. I haven't actually tried it yet. Let me try it. Yeah, you should. It's quite tasty. Excellent. I don't get much hibiscus from it, but Hmm. I like
1: strawberry. Me too. I am having a caffeine free diet coke excellent i actually like caffeine free diet coke better than regular diet coke i think it tastes better i disagree i like the regular better than the caffeine free but i'm drinking the caffeine free because i already had my caffeine quota for the day and i'm trying to help my sleep as best i can and even though it's still pretty early it's only 12 30 i'm like we're done with caffeine for today i already had my coffee so gotcha Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I should
0: probably be cutting back on my caffeine since I am on a stimulant medication. But no, I'm just like, all the stimulants all the time, and I'll just counteract them with beer when I need to. (laughs) Because that's
1: a healthy way to live. (laughs) So that might also result in death. Excellent. I am also trying to not use alcohol because it also Fs up my sleep a lot. I don't know why I just blanked that out. I swear all the time. But here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my this sleep's is very, been bad. This is a very uh, death-themed opening it is, that we have for, here. For an episode that is quite also death-themed. death-themed.
0: <laughs> Death gliders, Indeed. almost potentially dying people. Yep. What are we talking about today?
1: We are talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 4, Episode 12, Tangent, which is a thing we do Ooh, a lot.
0: We do a lot of tangents. <laughs>
1: I just watched this. You'd think I remember it better, but here we are. <laughs>
0: Remembering <laughs> episodes is overrated. Exactly. I hardly ever remember them.
1: The team is, well, SG three quarters anyway, is hanging outside with Major Davis on a runway of some sort. They're talking about Teal'c. Sam says he was ordered to push the envelope. What that's about? Ooh. Who knows? And they'll, that he'll be back soon. A big black Hummer thing, Jeep. It's big ass. Pulls up. (laughs) It's so big. It's extra. (laughs) Pulls up. This
0: was the period of people driving around in giant vehicles and Hummers as their daily drivers. Indeed.
1: (laughs) And this is the military? I don't know.
0: They're at least somewhat justified, whereas the normal civilians that just wanted a giant vehicle were not. Yes.
1: General Hammond and another distinguished military man get out of the vehicle. Hammond immediately asks Jack if there's a problem, which I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah, I thought that was weird. I guess, I don't know, Tilka's is late? Who knows? But I don't know why he'd be late if they just got there. Right. But anyway, Major Davis then introduces the team to what, to me, sounded like General the Dream, so that's what I'm gonna call him. <laughs> Yes. I couldn't even tell what they were saying. <laughs> this says the dream, but I like the dream
0: better. Yeah. So yeah, that was way better. Yeah.
1: So they do a whole back and forth. Colonel, general, blah, blah, blah. General, hello, 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 everyone. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> the dream is a very serious man. He is. And Jack O'Neill is not so serious sometimes. <laughs> when they are... Exchanging pleasantries. The dream says that Hammond has told him nothing but good things, and Jack's like, Well, I'm sure he's left something out. And Vadrine is just like, Uh, like what? <laughs> <laughs> so Jack's looking for a distraction, so he radios to Tealc, who lets him know he's to their southwest, and then Tealc swoops right over them, real close, in a death glider. Seems like a kind of dick move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was. Yeah, <laughs> Jack. Jack is like a woohoo though. So yep. yeah. I was trying to figure out who that was. It was Jack, right? Yeah. Yeah. And all I thought was, yeah. Yes. Here. <laughs> Good. We're on the same wavelength on that one. Absolutely. Major Davis explains that this is the X three hundred one intercept. A new plane? No, I don't know. Aircraft. aircraft. There's the word. Yeah. A new aircraft that they've got that it's basically a death glider retrofitted with like some, I, well, ultimately, I think missiles is basically the only thing right. they added <laughs> yeah. to it. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Jack has Tilk do another flyby low and slow this time. That is extremely impressive to the dream. Sam says it's more than just a new aircraft. It's a way for them to launch an attack against a gold ship, which they've never been able to do before from Earth. She can't explain the technology behind how it works. The Again, like, what
0: could possibly
1: go Yeah, on. exactly. <laughs> and the dream's like, that's cool. It flies. <laughs> And again, I just want to say in this episode, as a continuation of last episode, Tilke is living his best right? life in this. Yes. He is so pleased when he does that super fast whoosh over them and like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it he's was fantastic. Smiley looking and oh, yeah, he's having a good time. Right. You couldn't see his mouth, but you could for sure see
0: the crinkly eyes of somebody who's got a huge smile on their face.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's basically the opening scene.
0: <laughs> After credits, they're still at the runway. Tilk lands his retrofitted glider. The dream <laughs> asks how it flies. Tilk gives, of course, a serious answer of the vehicle performed with the expected parameters. And Jack gives another woo <laughs> He says he got caught up in Tilk's enthusiasm. <laughs> Davis gives more information about the program. They're hoping to deploy these types of ships as orbital defense craft under the Dream's command. Woo! Yeah, lucky lucky him. Needless to say, the Dream wants more information about it. He wants to know just how effective it would be against an entire fleet. And that's what their tests are trying to determine, just how maneuverable they are and how effective they would be against multiple warships rather than just maybe a single death glider. They're going to take it for another spin. This time, Jack is going to join Tilk And they're going to go back to the SGC to serve as their mission control. Yes. Tilk wants to know if the Dream would like to perform a candle burning ritual. And <laughs> no, that is not what Light the Candle Boys <laughs> means. <laughs> Tilk.
1: But it was adorable. <laughs> yes. I went around and I was like, where did that come from? And I then I looked it up and Alan Shepard said light this candle before they launched him into space
0: oh that's
1: interesting yeah i never knew where that came from either yeah that's all the information i am
0: prepared to talk about because that's fair yeah (laughs) very fair
1: in the sgc they've gathered in the control room obviously not jack and teal are (laughs) in a death glider they give jack and teal the go-ahead to begin their weapons test of this death glider In the control room, they're observing on a radar. Davis explains the X-301 has some stealth technology, but they've installed some... Okay, they've put a little bit more than just weapons. There's something in there so that they can actually see it on the radar. Cool. Sam's pointing out there's target drones, but they're going to go try to shoot those. The Dream wants to know how a couple of missiles would take out a mothership. And Sam's like, well, it'll be a NACO to enhanced warhead on that missile. Hell yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And it'll have a shield frequency modulator.
0: There's been so much triumphant music all through the entire yep. episode so far.
1: They're so pleased they with are. this. They're like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was pretty funny. All through the opening scene, all through this scene, very happy triumphant music. In the glider, Tilk says that they are ready to try their attack run. They're going to go test out those weapons. Jack is just, again, cheering and woohooing in the background. (laughs) Sam warns Tilk that it looks like he's going to overshoot their target. Jack also comments to Tilk that it looks like they're about to miss their target, or in fact, already have missed their target. But Tilk says that he is not in control anymore. Jack is rather dismayed to hear that, needless to say. And Tilk reiterates that, nope, the craft is not taking any input from him whatsoever. He has no control of it at all. Jack declares an emergency and they want to use the ejection system, but uh uh-oh, that's not working either. So, cool.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Kind of screwed.
0: Jack radios into SGC slash the command for this mission and tells them what's happening.
1: But... Unfortunately, in the control room, they seem to be not getting any response. They can't hear anything at the moment. They can't get in touch. Nope. Davis says there's some atmospheric interference. Sam explains to the Dream that they were going to just shoot some target drones, but then it inexplicably accelerated into a steep vertical climb out of the atmosphere. Yeah, that's bad. They're headed straight into space while it was capable of space flight this that was not part of the test no
0: (laughs) no it was not
1: Daniel says Teal'c would not do this intentionally right so there's obviously something wrong yeah it
0: wasn't the dream concerned that he was just taking it for a joyride or something
1: I I feel like that was the implication for sure especially since he was having a little fun in the last scene (laughs) right
0: Carter's cute short hair makes me want to chop off all my hair again, but my oh. hair doesn't behave like that when it's as short as hers is, since my hair is curly. And it was just all over yeah. the place when it used to be that short, and it was <laughs> a giant pain in the ass, but I wish my yeah. hair could manage this look. It's a good look. I it do. is, yeah.
1: Hammond orders something about getting a shuttle, but Sam says the shuttle won't reach them. They need to be able to turn them around. Yes. Oh, Davis also adds that NASA's deep space
0: tracker is looking for them. Oh. I guess that's probably kind of important. Oh. Maybe? I, I guess.
1: I don't know. I was Isn't like, that how they keep track of them? I don't know. I don't know. I was like, Davis is babbling a bunch of things. <laughs> NASA, DSP, yeah. NORAD, whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: Back up in the glider, Jack is still trying to get in touch with the base, telling them that they have a problem. <laughs> he says, is that what I think it is to Teal looking out the window? And it is very obviously Earth. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> yes, it is what you think it is. And Jack's like, um, it's shrinking. <laughs> and Tilk has the amazing and correct response that its size remains constant. Rather, it is we who are moving away.
1: <laughs> I call it. extreme velocity. Tilk's explaining. Yes, Tilk's explaining. <laughs> it's fantastic. I loved it.
0: As you should always do when you're having technical issues, Tilk's going to try to restart.
1: Have you tried turning it off and on again?
0: But unfortunately, this doesn't solve the problem in this case. Although restarting solves many problems, it does not solve their glider issue. Then we hear the voice of Apophis. That's bad. Also, he says that what's rightfully mine is going to now return to him. Apparently, this thing has a built-in device that is automatically going to bring it back home to the gold. Oops. Yeah.
1: Daniel's still trying to radio Digger One, as they call this vehicle but they're still not getting a response davis says that nasa is trying to boost their signal to track them daniel thinks that they should contact some of their allies who are capable of space flight to see if they can help him and gives that the go ahead heck yeah davis reports that the glider is going a million miles an hour (laughs) about that's fast that's very fast I am unconvinced. Yeah. <laughs> he says at least they're no longer accelerating. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no G forces yeah. to speak of then.
1: Yeah. The Dream then takes his leave. He's going to try to help at the Pentagon somehow. I bet and, that'll be useful. Yeah. And I'm sure he'll come to save the day. His name is The Dream. Yeah. Obviously. Meanwhile, Sam has an idea. Of course. And then they hear Jack come in over the radio. They finally get some response, but apparently there's a time lag with the radio signals given the distance between the craft and Earth. So that's fun. Yes. It's going to lead to a lot of repeating of dialogue in this episode. It sure will.
0: (laughs) Back in the glider, Jack asks Tilk how they are on consumables. They should be fine for several days. They've got enough power and life support. Great. No huge rush. How long is it going to take us to get where we're going? And Tilk tells Jack that that will be uh, several hundred years. So <laughs> those few days aren't really going to help them out a whole lot. <laughs> Jack's like, let me no. do the math here. Tilk tries to blame himself for the situation. He says that these weren't a thing before, and he thinks that it's his betrayal of Apophis and abandonment of the cause that made these devices necessary but of course Jack's like you yeah, know whatever stop it knock it off yeah. <laughs> he's not having any of that blaming of himself no. that Tilk is trying to do they receive Daniel's signal asking them to respond and radio back what is going on here and that Apophis has commandeered the vessel from afar and automatically despite the fact that he is dead is he dead? I forget. No, I
1: th- I think what? he's still alive again. I don't remember him don't dying
0: remember. again. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Okay, well, in any case, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's behind all this chaos.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's been a while since we've it has been dealt a while. with Apophis. So, yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: that's why I couldn't remember. I'm
1: like I forgot about
0: him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Sam is radioing to Jack, letting him know about the time lag. Her initial plan. Which is that as it passes Jupiter, they need to try to nudge the craft a little bit closer and try to slingshot back around Jupiter toward Earth. She starts adding a time to the end of all her messages so that they can mark how long the lag is. And then we get Jack's message that he sent about Apophis. And she's disappointed to find out they have no maneuverability whatsoever she's not sure how they can actually employ her plan yeah
0: yeah in the glider they get sam's message about trying to nudge their trajectory there seems to be about a three minute delay or so so far They're talking about whether or not it would be possible to do that nudging without any controls, and it's actually Jack that figures out that, yeah, actually, if they fired their missiles, that would give them enough thrust to be able to nudge their trajectory a bit, even without direct control of the ship's movement. They radio back to Earth and ask Sam to figure out exactly how to make that happen and what amount of firing and what degree and all that fun stuff. She's got to Sam it out. (laughs) I like
1: that (laughs) (laughs) so they get the message Sam needs about a half an hour to Sam it out Mm -hmm. Davis is a little concerned about the time constraints because they're still hurtling along at a million miles an hour but Sam's like that's what we've got and that's what we gotta do Hammond orders her to go do her math
0: back in the glider they have an update with the exact amount of time that they're going to need to fire each of the missiles that they have tilk is getting it all down jack radio is back to let the base know that they're going to give this a try in the cockpit they count down we see the missiles firing something goes wrong though one <laughs> this made no sense one of the missiles releases and then hurdles in front of them and then comes back and hits the windshield oopsie <laughs> and that just made absolutely no sense no
1: it's confusing <laughs>
0: That is not how trajectory works in space. Good night. (laughs) Back on the base, Sam says they've got some preliminary data coming in, and unfortunately, the attempt was a failure. They're gonna just keep making their way towards the Oort cloud, and they'll be there in a few months. (laughs) She lets them know back up on the glider that they're
1: still thinking, so don't give up just yet. They receive that message in the glider, They're checking out the damage that getting hit by their own missile caused. Jack is fucking clacking away on a goddamn keyboard. Clack, clack, clack. So am I.
0: (laughs) By coincidence. (laughs) And I thought that you were actually saying that as a dig at me. (laughs) No,
1: no. I I actually didn't hear you clacking at all. Okay.
0: (laughs) I was curious how far Jupiter is from Earth.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. It's
0: 461 million miles. All right. So even at a million miles an hour, it would take them a long time to get there. Yeah, longer than this episode indicates. Yes. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Much longer than this in- episode indicates.
1: Apparently, the missile damaged their power and life support. All right, blanket's gotta come off. Sorry if my sound quality gets worse. Yeah, take the blanket off.
0: Whew enjoy sorry to interrupt it was pressing the top of my headphones the metal part that goes across the top of your head down into my head and that was actually even worse than the heat (laughs) yeah it was getting agonizing on the top of my head
1: yeah that would that sucks jack says he's always wanted to see the oort cloud and then he also radios back to them that they have some problems with their power system and life support they're worse than they were oh no
0: yeah Somehow they're like almost at Jupiter, even though it would take four hundred and sixty one hours for them to get there. <laughs> What's that like? Almost twenty days? <laughs> yeah,
1: um, yeah. 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 <laughs> well maybe that initial push pushed them really close to Jupiter. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. In the briefing room, Davis
0: repeats everything that we already know. <laughs> they're still trying to figure out all of the different possible options but Sam is pretty skeptical that there really would be any option to override this system that's currently in control of the ship. They would have already thought of that. Daniel reports that there really isn't anybody that's got too much help for them. The Tok'ra are the only ones that have a craft anywhere near them, but unfortunately that craft is on a super covert mission and they really can't radio out to that craft without giving away their location and the mission and putting that person that is on that craft in danger. Once that craft gets to the planet that it's going to, maybe they can try to contact that person and help them out. But that's going to take a little bit of time. Daniel says that a niece told him that he was lucky she even shared that much information and they were trying to figure out why. And then they figure that maybe she was actually trying to help us figure out where this person's going to be landing so we can go intercept and contact them ourselves Ooh, yeah
1: so they mention in the scene the tokra and the tolan yeah where are the damn asgard right are they still off fighting the replicators probably Uh, yeah probably but come on can't thor pop on over beam them out of there and call it a day do
0: they have a way of contacting I don't know. Them? The Asgard? I don't think that they actually do. Or maybe I they do. Know. I don't remember. I can't remember. I'm trying to.
1: Nope. Anyway. <laughs> back to the episode. Speaking of tangents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the glider, Teal'c is turning off everything he possibly can to conserve energy. He lets Jack know that the only thing left they can really shut off is the radio. And Jack says okay he radios out one time to let them know that they're conserving power they're going to shut off the radio but they're going to check in every so often i think five minutes before and after every hour but then they hear over the radio before they shut it off good timing mm, convenient daniel's like hold on we got a plan <laughs> we're gonna go find a toker scout ship jack responds that they would prefer to do something uh, but fortunately, Daniel also thought to include, if you're thinking about trying to do something, don't. It's just going to make things worse. Probably
0: you know, good that he added that because yes. Jack was actually just about to try to figure something out. <laughs> Back in the control room, Sam has sanded out <laughs> which planet <laughs> <laughs> the Tok'ra ship is heading to. Hammond wants to know what the risks are of going there. It, it- is a gold mining operation. And getting in and out without being detected might not be too much of a challenge. I guess the gate doesn't seem to be all that well guarded there. It might be tricky, though, to identify the Tok'ra operative, but Anise said it was someone important to both of us. Why Mm. they didn't immediately figure out who it was (laughs) based on that, I have no idea. But later on, they're surprised at who it is, and I don't know why.
1: (laughs) I feel like it would be more of a question if Martooth hadn't died. Right. those are the only two Tok'ra that... (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And even then,
0: Martooth was really only important to Sam. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas Jacob is important to all of them. Yes. Yeah. Spoiler alert, everybody. (laughs) It's Jacob. (laughs) You ruined it for me. I did. I know. I ruined it for everybody. That's what I do. I ruin things. Sam and Daniel are ready. S.G. Half is going to go try to rescue S.G. Half by way of an unidentified Tokra, who is obviously Jacob.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah. In the glider, the news of what Sam and Daniel are going to do comes through on the radio from General Hammond. He tells them to hang on for another 24 hours. (laughs) But the problem is that... Their current power and life support, Teal'c said, will not last 12. Jack does some math again there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's good at math. Yes. Sam and Daniel have made their way on the planet and are watching the gold mining operation happening. Because they need to try to find this operative. Sam is saying they might need to go through the mine. Daniel suggests contacting by radio, but that sounds like a bad sounds idea. Like a Really bad
0: idea. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but then we hear a noise, and suddenly they are ringed the hell out of there. They're like, "Oh shit!" So Sam gets her gun out and is ready, but the door opens, and oh my god, it's her dad. Holy crap! It's Jacob. Who, Who knew? Would <laughs> And he is like, what the hell are you doing here? I'm real mad. You're ruining my operation. I was just going to blow up this planet, basically. But then I saw you two. And Sam's like, you saw us? Like, yeah, okay. Sometimes you see people. Jeez, dude. Like, <laughs> Just because the other team got lucky last time it was here doesn't mean that no one's going to see them this time. Right. But anyway, the gold knew the tokra's here. He says that it's all because of them. But Sam's like, wait, wait jack and teal need your help and then suddenly he's like a lot of the anger yeah. dissipates pretty quickly which yeah, is really good. good yes yeah that was good yeah so they let yeah. him know the situation and jacob's like all right let's go so good for him yeah for recovering real quick yes
0: realizing the seriousness of the situation and that they yeah. were just there for Shits and giggles.
1: <laughs> and not being crappy sometimes like yeah. the Tok'ra are about it. Right. Like, wait, wait,
0: let me just blow this up first and then we'll go. Yeah. In the control room, Davis reports to Hammond the good news that they have hooked up with the Tok'ra and holy crap, it's Jacob. <laughs> ah! They sent a message to the base giving them an ETA before they jumped into hyperspace, but it's not seeming too promising for Jack and Teal'c because at the rate that the other team reported Jack and Teal'c are going to be dead by the time they get there. In the glider, Jack asks Teal'c if they can turn up the heat, but no, they have to conserve as much power as possible. That had me wondering about the insulation on this thing because the heat in a spacecraft is generally not a problem. Getting rid of the heat is generally more of a problem Mm. than getting too cold on the inside of a spacecraft because... Vacuums are really good insulators. <laughs> That's why like thermoses and stuff have little vacuums in them. <laughs> they figure though that they're not too likely to survive until their rescue arrives. So maybe just turn up the heat so that their death is a little bit less painful. Jack's done the freezing to death thing before he doesn't really want to do it again. Though it tells Jack that the situation isn't actually as hopeless as it might seem. He can put himself into a deep state of Kelno room. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, is there any other type? Of Kelnoreem? <laughs> Do they need to re- specify that it is a deep state of Kelnoreem every single time that they mention knows. it? <laughs> that will help them to conserve a significant amount of oxygen, though, since it will decrease Tilk's heart rate. But Jack is concerned about who he'll talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Tilk, though, says that there's little to say. They're brothers. They've fought side by side. And Jack is flattered by that and says that he really has no good follow up to that other than back at you.
1: I like how Tilk is very expressive with his feelings, and Jack is an emotionally stunted man. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Tilk goes and puts himself in Kilnareem
0: instantly, and I was jealous of how good he is at meditating, because I suck at it. I try. I do try on a regular basis, and I have mixed success, but most days I'm really not that great. My ADD brain doesn't like to slow down enough to Mm. allow it to happen. Yeah, here we are. I should try more guided meditation. That'd probably be better for
1: me. You should get Tilk to guide you through <gasps> it. That'd be delightful. Yeah. Yeah. On the Tok'ra ship, Jacob is apparently running the ship at 132% <laughs> of its maximum speed, which... How is that possible? I guess I'm going to assume maximum safe that, speed. Yeah, that's what I was also <laughs> guessing it must be. Yeah. <laughs> which is not wide, but no. wise. But they don't really have much of a choice if they no. want to get there. Selmak pops out for a moment Eek-a-boo. to ask how they could not have heard about this recall mechanism. And she's like, well, it wasn't there until Tilk did his betrayal of Apophis. And Selmak's like, yeah, the device is new even to us. And she's like, well, why didn't you tell us? And he's like, well, you should have told us what you were doing. They keep all their secret to Damn. themselves yep. on both sides. Jacob wonders how they're going to get Teal'c and Jack out of the glider, presuming they get there before they die, because the ship is too big to fit inside his cargo bay, and Daniel's like, we were uh, hoping you could beam them out, and Jacob's like, what am I, Scotty?
0: I can't change the laws of physics. (laughs) I appreciated that reference.
1: Yeah, me too. But, again, Sam has an idea. Of course as long as jack and tilk t- are able to take a deep leap of faith and i was like they believe in you sam this is gonna happen of course they do yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely back in the glider
0: jack just gives an update saying that Tilk is meditating he's trying to sleep but the co2 levels are getting really high and his headache is really bad he asks them to send aspirin hmm. back on jacob's ship Sam asks what's wrong, and Jacob says nothing yet, but he is having some technical problems that he really wants to stop and fix so that they can pick up the pace again. However, they're in a very bad neighborhood, so he really can't stop to do that right now. He asks what they were thinking, retrofitting a glider, and goes off on a huge tangent about how infantile the human race is and how they're not prepared for this sort of technology, and Sam is extremely insulted and tells him that he's being so conceited and full of himself. and reminds Jacob that they got all their technology (laughs) <laughs> as the Guaul did by stealing it from other people. Jacob says yes, but that they were flying around in ships like this when most of the people on Earth still thought it was flat, which is a misnomer because people really didn't yeah. think it was flat. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Now I can't even remember, but it was like a significant amount of time BC that they figured out that the Earth wasn't flat.
1: Also, that argument is dumb. Yes. Like, oh, we stole this technology hundreds to thousands of years ago, so that's right. okay. So it's fine.
0: What about when they had just stolen it? Did they yeah. not have any... <laughs> technical difficulties or hiccups along the way either yeah that's a bad argument jacob
1: but it really was yeah i guess all you got
0: yep then there's an explosion and they drop out of hyperspace they're stuck they've overtaxed their drives they have to go fix it now whether they want to or not daniel asks if they're still in a bad part of town and jacob tells him that yes they are they're in fact in the worst part of town that sucks (laughs) and then we see two old motherships coming up on them Sam asks if they can cloak the ship, but they can't because of the power issues that they're having. So Jacob asks Daniel if he can speak Gua'uld, and of course Daniel can speak <laughs> Gua'uld Jacob, duh. Jacob tells him how to use the communicator and tells him to just you know follow his instincts, use his imagination. Daniel looks very uncertain <laughs> as yeah. he sits down and gets ready for
1: this. <laughs> yeah, back on Earth, they are receiving Jack's last message about his headache. Davis wants to know if he should respond, but Hammond says they don't have any new information to pass on, so let him sleep. On Jacob's ship, we hear over the speaker that Agold is speaking to them. Krital Shak blah 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 Haruur. Mm. Daniel responds something like Maktal Shri Lotak Meta Satak oz. <laughs> He's making faces after he says that, like, oh, I just improvised something that good. Yeah.
0: (laughs) He was making, he was doing some excellent face acting. Yeah.
1: So they go back and forth a little. The gold are incredulous about (laughs) Moktal (laughs) Oz. So Daniel
0: doubles down and adds three on the
1: end. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah. Jacob comes back in and says, they're almost done. So I'm glad it was a quick fix. And yeah, right. Daniel is also glad because he says they haven't bought his act. <laughs> and the reason is, is because he told them he was the great and powerful Oz. <laughs> <laughs> and Jacob pulls a good face after that, too. He really did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, though, Sam is like, eh, we're good to go. So they go.
0: Back into hyperspace. Yeah. Back in the control room. It's been almost three hours. They figure that Jack and Teal'c really are just about out of time, so Hammond is going to send them one final message. But just then, Sam comes in over the radio and lets them know that they're in the solar system preparing for their retrieval, and their ETA is now only four minutes from Jack and Teal'c. They come up on the glider. Teal'c and Jack are both unconscious. Jacob worries that they might be too late, but... Sam is having none of that. She's convinced that they're going to wake up. She's calling to them over the radio, trying to get them to wake up, saying she didn't come all this way to take him home in a box. Jacob says, let me give them a nudge. And again, space, bad idea, but <laughs> we're not going to obey space physics here. So he does give them a nudge, and it doesn't send them like hurtling off in the opposite direction away from their ship. They just bounce back right to where they had been heading before. That nudge does, in fact wake the wake jack up at least he is very disoriented and out of it realizes that sam is there his oxygen's really low though so he's only kind of half responding to her answers sam says she's got a plan but he's gonna have to trust him he needs to wake Teal'c up. jack throws a thing at teal's head which does in fact wake him up Teal'c is not quite as out of it as Jack, I would guess, probably because his oxygen demands were lower, so he probably has less carbon dioxide built up in his system and probably is suffering a bit less from oxygen deprivation than Jack is. Sam then tries to talk primarily to Tilk since he is less out of it. Yeah. She tells them the plan. They're going to have to blow the hatch jump out of their seats and try to stay as close together as possible jacob specifies they need to be at least five meters from the ship so that he can ring them in to his ship and they're going to give them an exact countdown sam asks jack to concentrate because he's kind of looking all over the place and also tells jacob hey your ship's bigger than ours yeah (laughs) but he does acknowledge that he's understood they need to blow the canopy Sam gives them some final instructions to set their oxygens at 100%, breathe in everything that is possibly left, hold a few deep breaths of that oxygen to try to really saturate their system as best they possibly can, and then exhale absolutely everything that they physically can manage, blow the hatch, and jump. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they do they
0: do after jacob gets in position first yes oh sorry
1: (laughs) jacob gets in position they can't just blow the hatch any old time because that would be insane right duh yeah sam counts down and they pop the top off and jack and tilk float on up and then they are uh right on out of space and into Mm -hmm. the cargo hold they (laughs) arrive in the ship and immediately fall over which i found not surprising i was (gasps) right expecting that and they fact. probably should have had a bit more damage than they actually did yeah in fact. well that's i Whatever. thought that yeah as soon as they're on board daniel's like they're all right he's going to be all right i was like yeah. are they he's lost his left hand so he's going to be all right <laughs> they wouldn't probably yeah maybe oh, i feel like jack's disorientation would have lasted a lot longer it, but yeah, anyway i would think it would have too I
0: was actually looking into the effects of a human body being in space. Good. I couldn't really find a definitive answer as to how long it would take for the body fluids to start boiling. It was anywhere from instantly to a few seconds, depending on which article I was reading. But that would be the biggest issue. and. I wouldn't think that that would be something that you would recover from immediately, even if it was just, like, super quick, and then they stopped boiling as soon as they were on the ship. I would still think that there would be some damage. Like, you you could survive it. According to everything I was reading, you could survive for up to, like, two minutes. So they would have been okay eventually, but I feel like they probably should have been a little bit worse for wear than they actually were.
1: Yeah. But anyway, they're like, yay, they're all right. Welcome aboard. Sam reports to... The control room that they've got them and they're alive. Once again, we see cheers and a mess of papers being thrown up in the air.
0: They were very, very happy. But again, who's going to clean up all those papers? And why do they even have all these papers in there? I don't know. I hope that those papers weren't anything important. (laughs) Yeah, Because now they're all over the place.
1: But yep, they're cheering and Davis tells them to come on home. Woo! Yay! Yay! (sighs) Woohoo! Kathy! yeah did you like the episode i sure did it was i feel like it was appropriately tense Mm -hmm. with the are they gonna live or die sort of feel to it yeah i feel like it didn't drag at all even though they were just sitting in a cockpit (laughs) it was also funny so i always enjoy that i'm big fan of the funny yeah i just thought the character interactions were really good Daniel was making good faces all the way through again. Michael Shanks is a great facial actor. Yes. I mean he's not Christopher Judge, but you know, right. He doesn't need to be subtle, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I liked, I liked the whole thing, even the beginning when they were like, "We're so triumphant, surely nothing will go wrong." Yeah, you're like, "Well, obviously something's gonna go wrong," and it was just fun anyway. Yeah, how about you? Agree. Oh, Yeah,
0: I enjoyed it a lot as well. There were a lot of funny parts too, but like you said, it was also exciting. I, of course, always have some issues with the science, most of which I mentioned, but one thing I did forget to mention is that they didn't really make it too obvious most places how long the radio lag was, but there was one scene I noticed where they were like right by Jupiter, and I'm looking back through the transcript and I can't find it, but when I was watching it, I think I calculated the difference as being like an eight minute delay when they're at Jupiter. So I, of course, had to look that up and know that would have been a 35 minute delay. Oh, OK. That was the only other science thing I had wanted to point out that I hadn't mentioned already. But yeah, there wasn't anything like majorly wrong with the science to the point where it was like pissing me off. But just, a, you know, a couple things that I noticed and I'm nitpicky. So I had to mention yeah, them. But yeah, I enjoyed the episode a lot. Yeah. I thought it was very good and very entertaining.
1: What's next? next let me find out let me just type into my death machine here and find netflix nope that's 30 rock hold on (laughs) let me read you the next episode of 30 rock i'm gonna watch (laughs) okay the next episode of stargate sg1 is season four episode 13 the curse when jackson's old archaeology professor dr jordan dies in a lab explosion daniel pays a return visit to his old academic stomping grounds i remember not
0: liking this episode i don't remember why Uh, maybe i thought it was boring or the the chick is annoying or uh, something i don't know there's something i
1: don't like about it the booklet says when daniel jackson returns to chicago to attend the funeral of his mentor a celebrated archaeologist as opposed to Daniel, (laughs) he soon realizes that the death is mysteriously connected to the recent discovery of a 10,000 year old Egyptian artifact that might be cursed by a vengeful Pharaoh. Ooh. (laughs) Well, it
0: sounds interesting. Maybe I'm misremembering.
1: I don't remember if I don't have any immediate feelings about this episode. So Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else? Yeah, that's about it i gotta go pick up my vegetables from the csa yum Boo. i was hoping to not i i ended up canceling on my brother today i'll go i'm gonna go yeah, over tomorrow that's probably but for the best i was like oh i can sit around and not put on pants all day but now right? i have to go out and that sucks because oh. I, I can't i have to get my vegetables today anyway oh. obviously you? sitting
0: around is always better than not sitting around yeah 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 uh no, that's it for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw a cute muskrat while I was kayaking. I'm sure Ooh. that everybody wants to hear about that. It was very cute. Of it was course, swimming around and being adorable. Aww, that's fun. But, yeah, yeah, that's the last last thing I have to contribute to this yeah. episode. I suppose
1: <laughs> none of yeah none of this <laughs> yeah. had anything to do with anything.
0: But it's called tangents.
1: So I mean, I, come on, true, we had to add in a true. few extra random tangents. <laughs> Fair
0: as always thanks for listening if you haven't already done so please subscribe so you can get our episodes as soon as they come out every wednesday likes and reviews are very much appreciated to help other people find the show and word of mouth is great for that as well if you'd like to get in touch with us we love to hear from you we're on twitter and instagram you can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com you can find our website at stargatesing.space And if you're feeling generous, you can contribute over at patreon.com slash stargatesing. Anything that you can contribute is a huge help to us to keep this show going. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargatesing. The
1: end. The end.
0: Woo! Yay! Yay. We've officially survived. Huzzah. Huzzah! we have not died we're not dying
1: today Yay. okay i'm done it's a fantastic now. song love yeah, it thank you